Hello there, Star Wars fans across the galaxy. Welcome back to another episode of Han Talks First, episode 157. And we're going to talk about that new book of Boba Fett trailer that just randomly dropped today, along with a new poster. I'm your host, Han. Welcome to the show today. It's a later time. We're really late today. It's 11 p. It's 11.01 p.m. So normally we do this at 12 in the afternoon on the Pacific Coast. And we didn't have a show yesterday because yesterday was Halloween. Happy Halloween. And I hope you guys had a fun, safe time. And I hope you're ready to talk some Star Wars. And by the way, last week, I just wanted to point this out. I did an episode called The Secrets of Skywalker Ranch, where we dived into the famous property that George Lucas created in 1978, a filmmaker's retreat. And we talked about some fun facts about the ranch that is little to nothing is known about. And I thought doing that episode was really going to hurt my podcast and kind of turn people off for that week. Um, But it was something I really wanted to cover. And it turns out that was the most popular episode we've had in about two months uh, on the podcast uh, channel. Um, So thank you, audio listeners, for checking that out. And if you're watching this on on YouTube, on Twitch, or anywhere else, and you want to check out other episodes, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple, Overcast, Stitcher, Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us there and you can expect new episodes every week. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please give it a like. Give this video a like. Do me a little favor and hit subscribe. That way you'll never miss an episode. I guess I'll throw this out there. We're, We're at like 857 subscribers on YouTube. And I've been asked for the past two and a half years doing this show for me to do my Star Wars saga ranking and actually give people the order in which I rank the Skywalker saga. And I decided last week I will do it once I hit 1,000 subs on YouTube. So that that could take till next week. It could take till next year. But that's my goal, and that's when I will release that episode, which is of high demand by everybody. So hopefully it happens. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. But <laughs> but that's how that's what we have to get to in order for me to do that episode. Um, before we get into the topic, if you want to support us at Hontalks First, there's a tipping option. You can go to streamelements.com slash Hontalks First slash tip and support us there. And all the links are down in the descriptions below. So usually the way we format the show is we start off talking about Star Wars Replay all this, all the news going on in Star Wars, and then we jump into our main topic. But considering this is a later stream, I want to start off with the main topic, which is talking about this Book of Boba Fett trailer that dropped out of nowhere. Usually, the Hollywood format for releasing trailers is we get a teaser poster and then an official poster, and then the next day after the official poster release is a teaser. In this case, they happen to just drop both the poster and the trailer at the same time. So let's bring up a photo of the poster itself. Uh, We got the streaming date a couple weeks ago, December 29th this year. So we don't have to wait too long. It's actually right around the corner. And the poster is great. 
nothing new, nothing different. It doesn't give us any little Easter eggs of what's to come, but it's a nice photo. Very nice looking. And of course, very resemblant of the Mandalorian itself. A little bit saturated, more saturated than the Mandalorian marketing. And that when we talk about the trailer, we will discuss how it, it's very similar to the feel of the Mandalorian still, which makes sense because this is pretty much a Mandalorian spinoff or season 2.3, 2.5 for those of you out there who have been referring to it as that, just the unofficial third season of the Mandalorian. Uh, but the poster is great. We see Fennec and Boba and then uh, the slave one above them amongst the desert planet of Tatooine with the twin sons in the background. Great poster. Very beautiful. And yeah, that was it. That was it for the poster. Looks pretty cool to me. Now, as far as the trailer itself, I am going to pull up the video clip for those of you watching on the YouTube page. And we will take a look at it shot by shot. And uh, it was, let me see if I can put full screen here. It's currently sitting at about 15 million views. Let's see what it's at right now. Oh, I'm sorry, 15. That was way too high. It's about 4 million views right now. So it's doing pretty well. It's number one on trending. Obviously, a lot of people love this trailer. And oddly enough, some people don't like this trailer. They think it was a little lackluster, which I understand. But I think it was I think it was pretty good. It was it was pretty good. It wasn't it wasn't great. It didn't take me by surprise or anything, but I thought it was a nice trailer. And let me just mute the screen here. So we don't get another copyright claim like we did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and it, what I found most interesting was it starts off with this new well, new for some people, this new droid creature that resembles a spider. And What's interesting is Paul Duncan, a famous Star Wars historian who's done many books, uh, put on his Twitter today that this was actually a creature that was designed in 1983 or 1982 for Return of the Jedi. And it is featured in that movie. However, it's just a background character, but it was created to be kind of an assassin droid for Jabba's people. And so the reason why I want to point this out is because obviously... Showing this creature at the beginning of this trailer signifies that it's going to mean something. It's going to mean something for this this show. And the question is, what? I may have an answer. I'm not sure if it's an answer you would agree with, but I'll get into that a little bit later. But it was a, it was a nice little Easter egg. And another thing about this trailer is I think most of the footage we see is actually only going to be from maybe the pilot episode of this this series but a lot of it it resembles that of the mandalorian obviously they're shooting the volume the music we they brought back ludwig van Gorenson, who scored both seasons of the mandalorian and it just it looks great it looks a little bit darker i think they kind of updated fennec shan's outfit a little bit because it resembles more of her her look in the in the bad batch which she was great in by the way but i think we're going to get a lot more of her and there's some interesting touch-ups about Boba Fett himself. First of all, his scars are less featured on his face. The armor is a little bit more dirty. If we remember at the end of Season 2 of The Mandalorian, he had repaired his armor 
and it was crisp, clean. It didn't have the dent in his helmet anymore, but now the dent is back, which is very odd to me. And anyway, it looks like it's going back to the old gritty Boba Fett that we know, and it looks like he's going to be getting it into some trouble. And also in the trailer, as it suggests in the, in the title sequences, it says it's getting into the galaxy's underworld of crime. A lot of, a lot of trades, like the Hollywood Reporter, Variety, are saying in their headlines that this is going to be a gangster film, or it resembles that of the Godfather movies, and it will be that for Star Wars. I think that's correct. I don't want to get too far into that theoretical because I don't want to be disappointed with my expectations for the show. Because I think for me, the most important thing is just studying the character Boba Fett and actually making his existence in the original trilogy a little bit more significant because he was not significant in the original trilogy. As much as, much as people hate me for saying that. He was a throwaway character, literally thrown away in Return of the Jedi and to be eaten by a Sarlacc pit. But anyway, that's aside from the point. The trailer is good. Now, I pointed out his his scars being a little faded away than, than previously seen in The Mandalorian and the fact that his his armor is a little bit nicer but also still beat up in some places and similar to the original concept design. So going back to that first shot of that little spider droid, which I cannot remember the name of, and a lot of people are going to, they're screaming it right now at me what the name of this thing is. But basically this is like a rejuvenation droid, a spider droid. From my understanding, I could be totally wrong. I was under the impression it was an assassin droid uh, to co-op with the bounty hunters at Jabba's palace. I could be wrong about that too, but anyway, the whole theory is that Boba Fett is going through some regeneration phase while he's on Tatooine in this spinoff, and that would make sense as to why his eyebrows are more visible in this trailer than they were before in The Mandalorian, and why his scars are starting to disappear, why he looks younger, things like that. So he could just be rejuvenating himself in a bathtub tank on in Jabba's palace, and just kind of, or he's just, he's just doing better with, with his life. He's <laughs> living his life. He's eating better. He, he's the king after all now. So that's something to keep in mind too, as we, as we continue to get closer and closer to the show. Another great thing about the trailer I noticed was we're getting uh, throwbacks to all of the old bounty hunters we saw in the cantina in Star Wars A New Hope, which is my favorite Star Wars movie. And the, one of the first that we see is Hammerhead. And once he comes up on screen here, I will pause it. Perfect, right here. So Hammerhead is back. He looks fantastic. There is another voiceover besides Tamora Morrison in the trailer, and I believe it it is this Hammerhead. And I believe he's using a, a voice translator, and that's how it's coming out. But something else interesting is people have been suggesting that other voice is Pedro Pascal, which would be believable, they do know each other. They're, this is taking place immediately after The Mandalorian Season 2. Maybe Din Djarin does show up. But what purpose would that be for this show? The other voiceover is stating, Boba Fett says, I, I'm not a bounty hunter, even though people think I am. And then this other narrative voice says, well, from what I heard, you are a bounty hunter. 
and a rather good one at that or something along those lines. So my question for you guys is what purpose would Din Djarin or the Mandalorian have in a Book of Boba Fett series? Could that take away from Boba Fett himself? This is his show after all, a spinoff and a limited series. I don't really think it is a limited series. I mean, think about it. If this show does phenomenally well, which it's praising itself up to be that way, I, I think this could get another season or just another spinoff at that. But we're getting all old characters we've seen before. Hammerhead is the first example, but also we have the walrus uh, alien species is in here. Anyone that used to work for Jabba is now at the mercy of Boba Fett. One of the great lines in this trailer is from Fennec Shand when she says, if you were to speak freely like that in front of Jabba, he would have fed you to his something. I forget what she said, but I, I assume that's a rancor. And then Boba Fett says, feel free to speak freely. And it's just very intimidating. And I think that's where the Godfather reference comes from is you can speak freely in my presence. Just know that you're going to face the consequences of that, whatever it may be. So it's a good, it looks like it's going to be good. The trailer itself did not wow me. And I think that's what I was hoping for when we, we heard the announcement that they were going to do a Boba Fett trailer today. And we saw that it was officially dropped at this point. And sorry, I keep messing with my hair because it's like fraying all in my face and I can't see. Um, but yeah, it didn't wow me. I, I think it could have been a little better, but that's just me. And I think once we get our second trailer, it's going to, it's really going to get into the action. I'm not saying I need action in my trailers for it to please me. Not at all. We got a sense of what the story is. We got a little taste of what these characters are going to look like and the tone that is going to be set. That's really all I need. I will be satisfied if I don't get another trailer for this until the release date. I honestly will. I don't need a big, adventurous, action-packed trailer with explosions and whatnot. I trust Robert Rodriguez. I trust Dave Filoni. I trust Jon Favreau. And I know they're going to deliver a great story. And they seem to believe in themselves, too, because they are singing high praises at the highest mountains about this show, saying that it will not disappoint fans. So I trust them and I can't wait to see what they bring to the table. And again, there, there's so much more we could talk about with this trailer, but I wanted to limit it to just that today because I wanted to talk about some other stuff. And before we get into it, I wanted to share some new Star Wars collectibles that had just come in. I just got two. There's two today. And one of them I'm going to unbox here because it literally arrived just a couple minutes ago. So here's one of them. Both of them are going to be Funkos, by the way. But this one just came in, and it is a little relevant to <laughs> Book of Boba Fett because it was another character that appeared in The Mandalorian Season 2, and that is Ahsoka. So this was the Amazon-exclusive Ahsoka from mandalorian season two obviously she has her old guard on her with her white sabers and i still haven't gotten a protective case but i will so me and chris got this we got two so this was one of them that came and we got it on pre-order and the other one that came in 
is in a box. So we're going to open it right here, right now. For my audio listeners, I apologize. There'll be a brief second of silence, and then we'll get back into some other Star Wars greatness. But here it is. Here we go. Oh, no, no. It's a box inside of another box. Here's the second box. All right, let's see. Oh, you know what? I feel like it needs scissors. Maybe not. We'll have to wait and see. Okay, you know what? It requires scissors, and I don't have any near me, so I can't open it right now, but it is a layup. It's a Leia Funko. Another um, Amazon exclusive, and it's his her guard from the ceremony of um the end of a new hope i believe so that's the one but once once i get it open i'll post a picture on instagram or something like that where you can check it out but yeah that's that's the other one sorry i couldn't open it here i don't have any scissors available to me so anyway there's no star wars replay this week but i did want to mention one thing that happened this week in star wars history which is a big one and a very important one and that is this week is the week in history where George Lucas sold Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Indiana Jones, everything to Disney all the way back in 2012. So almost almost 10 years away. And it was a major moment. You know, a lot of us remember where we were when we heard this news. I honestly don't remember, but I do remember that photo of George Lucas putting his pen on the contract looking at the camera and this sad look in his face, kind of like almost like a what have I done thing. I'm not saying that's how he felt, but it was just I can't imagine how that felt to 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 let go of all this stuff that he created, this billions of dollars worth of of IP and important things like that. And uh, it was it was a terrible moment for a photo (laughs) should have taken the picture after he signed it, maybe take a breather or something but yeah this is the week in history where he sold away star wars some say for the better some say for the worse and a lot of people are happy that he sold it away because if he had made more they would have been really disappointed and then there are others who think that is a good thing he sold it and they think disney is ruining it everyone's got their opinions it's a major week in history And next year will be 10 years that Disney has owned Star Wars. And when that happens, we're going to have a special episode and kind of reflecting on all they've done in that 10 year span for the good and for the bad. But major moment in history. And next week, we'll have a proper Star Wars replay where we can talk about other things that happened this week in history. So as far as others, I said we were going to do this in reverse today. So the main topic, Star Wars replay, and then news. So as you guys know, last week, um, I, w- I was out of town, so I couldn't do a live show. And the day before, the news for Hayden Christensen came out of coming into the Ahsoka show happened. I had recorded my episode the day before. And during that episode's recording, I said in ep- that episode... There's no news to talk about. So we're just going to talk about other stuff. And of course, when Sunday came around and that episode dropped, I felt so stupid because 
all everyone was talking about was Hayden Christensen is in Ahsoka TV series. And I'm on the internet like, oh, there's nothing going on. Nothing to see here. So it's a little late, but I want to share my thoughts. So let's take a look at the exclusive from the Hollywood Reporter who broke this news. That Hayden Christensen is returning to Star Wars yet again in the Ahsoka series, which is still yet to be named, which is probably just going to be called Ahsoka, which is kind of boring. That's one thing I think Star Wars needs to change is all these shows that are based around characters, Andor, Kenobi, Boba Fett. The book of Boba Fett is a little different. I kind of like that. That's a nice ring to it. But could you imagine if The Mandalorian was called Din Djarin? <laughs> the Mandalorian is a great name. With Ahsoka, maybe it could be called something like... Uh, I want to say the Grey Jedi, but she she's not a Grey Jedi. She doesn't like the the term Grey Jedi is not canonical, and they don't actually refer to anybody as Grey Jedi. But something like that, or just the Jedi. But then again, a title like the Jedi should be reserved for something a little bit more epic, I think, or something Luke Skywalker related, or I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. That's a side note. But Hayden Christensen returning to another TV series is amazing. Let's see what they say, and then I'm going to give you my thoughts. So Hayden Christensen is staying, is staying in the fold of the Galactic Empire. The actor will reprise his role of Anakin, or Darth Vader, in Ahsoka in the latest Star Wars live-action series from Lucasfilm and Disney+. Plus. Multiple sources have told The Hollywood Reporter. And then blah, 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 Rosario Darson is starring as Ahsoka. We know this. Plot details are being kept in the far reaches of the Outer Rim, but it is known that longtime Star Wars lightsaber wielder Dave Filoni is writing the series and executive producing with John Favreau. It's unclear how Skywalker, or for that matter, Vader, will figure into Ahsoka, which, like The Mandalorian, is set five years after the events of Return of the Jedi, and therefore after Vader's death. The character of Tano was the Padawan of Skywalker. Okay, we all know this. We know this information. Uh, Disney was silent as Darth Maul was asked to comment Darth Maul. Production is due to begin in early 2022. Okay, yes, we talked about its release date last week on the show. Uh, we know it is being shot next year in May, and that is it's reserved and it's going to be shooting after the Acolyte. So we can actually expect to see the Acolyte series before Ahsoka. So Hayden Christensen just finished shooting Obi-Wan Kenobi with Ewan McGregor. And now it looks like he is moving on to the Ahsoka series. If you guys remember last week, I had said that I don't think this show is finished being written or realized. And this just proves my point a little bit. So it obviously has made its way to the public now that Hayden Christensen is going to be in the Ahsoka series. But just because we're hearing about it now doesn't mean that it was the deal was signed last week. This actually means that he has been signed on for months. That's the way Hollywood works. Everything is done behind closed doors, and they announce it months after contracts have already been signed. So this has already been set in stone for a while. My guess would be three, maybe four months ago. 
Now, if that was the case, that means that until Hayden was confirmed to sign on for the Ahsoka series, his character could not be written into it until he was confirmed to be on the project, which could also further back my my thinking that I don't think the show is fully written yet and fully composed at the moment. I think Dave Filoni is still writing it. I mean, we did find out last Christmas that he had just started writing the show. So he's had about 10 months, 10 to 11 months of writing the Ahsoka series. I think he's really close to being done. I think come December, we'll find out from him on his Twitter or Instagram that he's finished writing the series. And once that happens, then we're going to start hearing pre-production news, who the production designer is, who is who else is going to produce it? Things like that. Of course, Favreau and Filoni will be producing it, but I'm sure there'll be others to be announced thereafter. This is yet another project that I have full faith in that I don't think I will be disappointed by because, again, I trust Dave Filoni. I trust John Favreau. I think what they're doing with the Star Wars universe is something that should have been done a long time ago is plan it out. Obviously, the Ahsoka series would not have been greenlit if people did not like Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka in The Mandalorian. I think that's a fact. I think if this, and some people might disagree with me, but I think if Rosario Dawson was hated amongst fans for her portrayal of Ahsoka Tano, they would not have greenlit this series. So I think that that's why they're going through with it, because she was as the article suggests, a fan favorite. And I think she did a great job. I really do. And a lot of the hate you saw before its release of why didn't they cast, Ash- cast Ashley Eckstein? A lot of that disappeared when Rosario made her appearance in the series because she did a fantastic job. So I think this is good news. I'm glad that Hayden is getting more roles again, even if it is the same role just reprised over and over. I do think he has learned a lot in his time away from the big Hollywood movies of his acting, which was not the best in the prequels, but now coming in with hopefully better directors, better producers, uh, better stories. We'll get to see a different side of him, a different side of his acting ability, which may even impress some of us. But the big question is, what the hell is Anakin Skywalker doing in the Ahsoka series? That's the big question. We do know it's set five years after Return of the Jedi. During the Mandalorian era, Ahsoka is on the hunt for Thrawn. And potentially Ezra could also be in the show, which we've talked about on the show. Mina Masood could be rep- uh, playing Ezra in the future. So what would Anakin have to do in this situation? Well, there's a couple different scenarios. Number one is they are bringing in Hayden to do Clone Wars flashbacks. Definitely a possibility, but one of which that I do not think will happen. Because I think if they do that, it would be reserved for Obi-Wan Kenobi. But again, they couldn't even do it there either. So another, another scenario in which Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker could appear in this series is having yet another showdown 
lightsaber duel between Darth Vader and Ahsoka Tano. For any of you that have watched Rebels, you know that one of the best lightsaber fights in that show was Ahsoka versus Vader in season two. Uh, I think it was season two, at the end of season two. It was one of the best episodes of that series, one of the best fights in all of the animated Star Wars stuff, and I think they might want to bring that to live action. Because the fight ended on um, a cliffhanger, and it didn't actually end. And for those of you that finished Star Wars Rebels, you know that Ahsoka actually escaped via time travel. So the Ahsoka that we see in The Mandalorian is technically a multiverse Ahsoka, but whatever. Not going to go down that rabbit hole. So we could potentially see another lightsaber fight between Vader and Ahsoka in this series, which I would love to see. It would be very difficult to write that in and make it believable. And as much as I would love to see that, I don't think that's a possibility. Now, for me, there is a third scenario. And that is no Darth Vader, but rather an Anakin Skywalker forced ghost appearance. Whether it's appearing to Ahsoka in the flesh or as a forced ghost and guiding her or or a, a looming presence next to Ahsoka, maybe not visible, but maybe like a voice to be heard or just watching her from the background and kind of protecting her from her peripherals. I think that could be a very poetic way of doing this. And But think about how sweet it would be if we just see Ahsoka look off in the distance, confused, and she looks up and she says, Master? And then it pans and you see Anakin Skywalker Force Ghost. That would be a really sweet moment. But it's a loaded question because it has to do with so many different layers of both of their story arcs in not just the Clone Wars TV series, but also Rebels and so much more. And you could even throw in the books because we do know in the Ahsoka series, Ahsoka will be looking for Thrawn, trying to get her revenge on him and find Ezra and Sabine and all that good stuff. But the other connection there is Thrawn and Darth Vader. And Anakin. Thrawn and Anakin knew each other. They had respect for each other. And also Vader. There was times where Thrawn wasn't even sure if Darth Vader was Anakin Skywalker, but he always suspected it and always had a weird feeling about that. But they had mutual respect for each other and they were co-workers during the reign of the Empire. So there's that connection too. There's so many different things that can be done with this situation. And my only request is Hayden... Anakin, Darth Vader, is only put into the Ahsoka series if the story calls for it. Please don't put Darth Vader or Anakin meeting Ahsoka in live action just for the sake of doing that. Please let it only be if it serves this story, whatever it may be. That's my only request. But the bottom line is this is great news. I am beyond excited for this i know that dave filoni is going to deliver i know it's going to be great and i can see this being a continuing series maybe three seasons who knows we'll have to wait and see but it does look like they are making this whole television 
universe of Star Wars. And they're going to try and tie in all these things, all centered around the Mandalorian television show. But we will have to wait and see. Let me know your guys' thoughts in the comments section down below or on Instagram, Twitter, etc. All that good stuff. And there was one more thing. The last thing we'll talk about today, which was actually a suggestion by one of our listeners, Max, Max4646. And he brought this news to my attention, which nobody is talking about. No one is talking about this news. And I found it to be quite interesting. So before I tell you what it is, I want to go back uh, maybe even a year now. No, not a year. Maybe like eight months, eight, nine months. We talked about on the show the possibility of a Star Wars horror movie. Could it work? Could you bend the genre of Star Wars and tell a scary story? Oops, one second. It looks like I'm having some stream issues. One second, everybody. One second. If I am still coming through, you guys let me know. If I have, if the stream has stopped, just let me know. But I think we're okay now. So anyway. Um, we discussed the possibility of a Star Wars horror movie or television series, however you want to look at it. The potential of that may be in the Acolyte series, but that is not the topic of discussion. We're talking about movies. So if you remember months ago, we, we talked about the fact that a, a filmmaker named J.D. Dillard was writing or was developing a movie for Star Wars that was going to be a potentially a horror film centered around Exegol, the planet from the Rise of Skywalker, where Palpatine hid and prepared his Snoke clones, etc. So that's what we're, we're talking about today, is not J.D. Dillard's movie, but there is yet another filmmaker out there who says he wants to make a Star Wars horror film. So this comes to us from Screen Rant, but this is also implied from a tweet that this person said so it was actually the creator of midnight mass mike flanagan now if you guys don't know who mike flanagan is or midnight mass he also did the haunting of hill house he also did um uh bly manor he also did dr sleep he also did uh this other horror movie for netflix Basically, if it's a horror movie on Netflix, there's a good chance Mike Flanagan was behind it. He's been doing a lot for Netflix. But this article says here that he... Let me try and... Let's read this article together, actually, because I have not read it. And then we'll get to his tweet. So Midnight Mass creator Mike Flanagan reveals his interest in making Star Wars horror movie. After writing and directing three student films, Flanagan turned to the horror genre with his professional debut of Absentinia, which was funded through a Kickstarter of just $70,000. While his Hush, that was the other Netflix project, his 2016 slasher Hush. And then he rose to a global pr prominence as a filmmaker in 2018 with The Haunting of Hill House. And other stuff, The Haunting of Bly Manor, blah, 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 Midnight Mass. 
So while Midnight Mass realizes a passion project for Flanagan, the 40-year-old is not stopping there, and he has aspirations to apply his genre talents to other franchises. Taking to social media, the director shares that he was woken up by an earthquake that shook California over the weekend, leaving him with a few extra minutes to sit and think. The dream project that kept coming to mind, Flanagan says, was a Star Wars horror movie. Check out his original tweet below. And he says this, got woken up by the earthquake this morning, sat there for a few minutes just thinking, I'd really love to make a movie in the st- a horror movie in the Star Wars universe. The article goes on and says, naturally, this revelation set off a whole wave of online speculation about what this could mean for the Star Wars universe and others in the industry even voicing their enthusiasm of the idea. I just want to stop right here and say, we on Hunt Talks First, me, my listeners, we've been talking about this for a while. The idea of a Star Wars horror film. This isn't anything new. <laughs> and it's it's sad to me that not many people paid attention to the J.D. Diller news about him making a horror film because I think that would have been a great idea. And who knows? It could still be in development. It could have been scrapped months ago. Who knows? But I'm glad more people are coming around to the idea. With a name like Mike Flanagan, of course it's going to draw more attention. But I wish we could also bring back to life this jd diller horror idea as well but let's continue on with the article so blah 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 blah. fellow filmmaker edgar wright jokingly responded with don't be afraid of the darth which is a great a great little pun there while the midnight mass star raul coil who also worked with flanagan on the haunting of blind manther expressed his excitement by saying oh you've been reading my diary At this point, the statement from Flanagan seemed to be nothing more than voicing a desire. But with the future of Star Wars franchise unclear and his stature as a filmmaker continuing to rise, there's no reason his dream project couldn't someday become a reality. So the question is, what could a Star Wars horror film look like? Well, there's tons of different ways you could do it. Of course, you could center it around the dark side, which is a great idea. Something like the J.D. Diller project centered around Exegol is a fantastic idea. I don't like the planet Exegol. I think it was kind of a ripoff of Moraban slash Korriban. And, you know, just in context of the Rise of Skywalker itself kind of was disappointing. But I think the idea of a Star Wars horror movie could work. Now, that doesn't mean jump scares. Horror, by definition, <clears throat> is just being making the audience feel uneasy or horrified it doesn't have to be jump scares and you could make a horror film a star wars horror film and keep it pg-13 rating which of course disney in no way in hell are they going to make an r-rated star wars movie (laughs) i don't care what director is attached to it i don't care what, what the story calls for there's no way disney is going to let star wars have an r rating in any property of it that's just my opinion. I don't see them doing that at all, but who knows? You know, never say never. But what else could we see a horror movie in Star Wars be? Well, we've kind of already seen that in The Mandalorian. If you guys remember, in season two, we had, I think it was episode two, directed by Peyton Reed, by the way. Fantastic job. He made a episode with that giant spider-like thing i don't i don't know the name of it 
but where they crash land on the ice planet and they they get haunted by this giant creature. That was technically a horror film, a little a sh- little short horror film in the middle of this giant television series. So that's another way you can go is make it a monster movie. You, I mean, even look at episode one of season two of The Mandalorian with the crate dragon, uh, which was also phenomenal, by the way, something I had was on my Star Wars wish list of things I wanted to see in live action. But that was technically a horror film too. monster monster movies, creature features, whatever you want to call them. That is definitely a route you can take in to make a Star Wars horror. I mean, you can also look back to The Empire Strikes Back. You can consider parts of that movie to be a horror film. Look at the scene on Dagobah where Luke goes into the cave, the Dagobah cave. That was traumatizing as a kid. Definitely horror in genre. And you could also look at the opening scene where he's attacked by the Wampa. Scary stuff when he's hanging upside down from the icicles and he's calling to his lightsaber and the creature is just around the corner. There's tons of stuff in there. And then the ending of Empire when he's walking through the 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 tunnels on Bespin looking for Vader. He knows he's around the corner and then boom, he just appears with his ignited red lightsaber. So there's ways you can do it. It's not I, the thing. What I always tell people is whenever I'm working on a creative project is I try never to say no to an idea. So for some people, when they hear the Star Wars horror movie, they're immediately, immediately going to go, no, it can't work. So what I, what I, going back to what I do in those situations, I try to never say no, but instead what I try to say is not yet. So can a Star Wars horror movie work and if you present the idea of a jump scare a paranormal or something like the movie the conjuring or insidious i wouldn't be so quick to jump on and say no to that idea if you are not a fan to it but rather saying not yet like that idea is not yet realized i think there is potential and to be honest with you I do not think Mike Flanagan is the person for the job. Now, look, he makes a lot of popular television. He makes a lot of popular television movies, streaming movies and television. But I think a lot of his work is very, how do I put this? Lackluster. It's very dry now i did love dr sleep i thought what he did with that was very well done but i don't think he took the scariness of the shining and embraced that in its sequel he does make quotations horror content but a lot of his stuff is advertised as really scary stuff. And I personally do not find it scary. I think he's a good writer. But when you classify his types of films, I'd, I wouldn't jump straight into saying, yeah, those are scary, scary stuff. It's scary stuff to see. It's definitely beautiful. It's definitely artistic. And it is also very poetic. A lot of his stories are character focused and they have 
deep meaning behind them. I mean, if you look at the one he did with, um, it was something about a little boy falling asleep. I cannot remember the name of it. Before I sleep or something like that. Something about dreams. It was it was fantastic. It's labeled as a horror movie, but it's not. It's a it's just straight drama. That's the word I was looking for. His 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 content is drama first, horror second. Do I think he could make a good Star Wars movie? Yes. Do I think he could add elements of horror in his dramas? Yes. But the other thing to consider is Mike Flanagan does not deal with action. I have never seen him direct anything action. Now, of course, when it comes to big projects like Star Wars, the director does not handle most of the action. The second unit takes care of that. The stunt team takes care of that. The second unit director, the assistants take care of the action sequences. But I have not seen an example of him directing a second unit of action uh, content. I haven't seen that from him. And when you think Star Wars, you think action and adventure. And now that doesn't mean just explosions and CGI and stuff like that. But you understand what I'm saying. So the question is for you guys. Star Wars horror. Can there be such a thing as a Star Wars horror film? Have we already seen it? Can we push forward and do something more with it? Can we bend the genre of Star Wars? I think it can work. As far as Mike Flanagan making a Star Wars film, hey, I'm all for any creator taking a crack at trying to make something cool in Star Wars. 100%. Um, I would love to see an idea. I'm not going to turn it down right away. I just think there are... When I think about a Star Wars horror film, honestly, it's really not about ex-director in X movie. It's about, do they have a good story? Do they have a good story to tell? If you go into it saying, I'm going to make a scary Star Wars film just for the make, just for the sake of making a scary Star Wars film, well, that really has no weight to it. That doesn't entice me. What I want to know is what is the story going to be told? What about the story is horrifying to me and scares me as a viewer, but also entices me and makes me want to watch this property. So that's my two cents. I would love, love to know what you guys think. That's all we're going to talk about today. Um, again, the Book of Boba Fett trailer was cool. It didn't blow me away, but hey, it's just a trailer. I'm sure the show is going to be fan-frickin-tastic. And I know you guys are excited too. I see you all on Twitter talking about how cool this thing is. Um, yeah, this was done a little later today. Sorry we didn't have a show on Sunday, but it was Halloween. If you guys are listening to the playback on the audio or anywhere podcasts are found, thanks for listening. Um, tell your friends, go and subscribe anywhere that we are found and be sure to like and leave a comment on the YouTube video or the Twitch stream. And we'll be back next week, next Sunday at noon. And I'm going to try and have a guest with us. I'm going to try and bring in a guest for the show next week and have an interesting discussion. I guess the last thing I'll say is something cool that happened. If you follow me on Twitter, you already know the story, but I was at work and I was discussing on break Star Wars with one of my coworkers and we were getting into a really awesome conversation about it. And out of nowhere, I just recommended, I was like, hey, if you ever need you know, a Star Wars podcast to listen to, I, I have one. I host a, a Star Wars podcast 
called Han Talks first. And he was like, oh my God, no, I, I know that name. I, I thought I'd recognized your voice. I just wasn't, I just wasn't sure. And I made my day. It was the coolest thing that could have happened. I tried to play it cool. I probably didn't. But it was really cool to meet someone organically who has heard my podcast that I have never met before. And to also kind of hear them be like, well, I'm not really sure if it's you because I go by a different name on the podcast than I do in real life. So that was really cool to see as well. But anyway, stay tuned, guys. We'll be back with more Star Wars content. Until then, enjoy watching the Book of Boba Fett trailer on loop because I think I'm going to go watch it right now again, right when we end this show. And I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Again, hit me up on social media. Everything is at Han Talks first. And I can't wait to talk to you guys again. But until then, my friends, somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. <laughs> <laughs>